Welcome back. This is Terry Jordan Adams of Sued by the Deck Collector and welcome to part three of the uh, Status Conference series. And today I am going to talk with you about three critical tips to ensure a successful conference for you, the self-represented person. Well, what makes it critical? Glad you asked. I call them critical because these are the very tactics that I used um, in order to influence the judge's perception. Many people downplay the status conference, but as a self-represented person, you wanna make sure that you use every tool in your toolbox so that you can tip the scale in your favor, all right? Now, um, there's a couple of house cleaning things I need to do. If you see me looking down at my notes, it's just that kind of day. Okay, so, but um, be sure to check the description box for part one and part two. I want to make sure that you've gone through that so that you can get the full picture of what happens with the status conference and when things don't work out perfectly. Okay, so make sure you do that. And there's a special link um, that I will leave for you. Um, it's a mini course that gives you a turnkey solution um, with strategies on how to influence the judge's perception um, and, a, and I also give you a detailed breakdown of the ADR process, the alternative dispute resolution, and if you're giving up your rights by using the ADR, as well as um, I do a walkthrough on what a, a status conference statement, i.e. case management statement, so you can see actually how um, you really need to structure your answer so that you can influence the judge. So, and I use my real responses too. So make sure that um, you check that out as quickly as you can. I do have a deep discount for you as of this recording. So I don't know how long it's going to last, but just don't dally. Now, what is a status conference? After the plaintiff has filed the lawsuit, the court schedules a hearing. Okay. Some lawyers don't like to call it a hearing, but my paperwork said hearing, so we're going to call it a hearing, a hearing. And the judge hears you, the parties, and so it's a hearing for me. Anyway, so the court schedules a hearing. And in this hearing, it's designed for the judge to monitor the progress of the case. Okay, Ideally, the judge is trying to get the case in trial within 12 months. But... The court has to have a way to kind of nudge the process or move it along or it'll just kind of just delay, 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 delay. Okay. Now, um, oh yeah, it is not the time for the judge to hear arguments from either side. Okay. Not the plaintiff or the defendant. This is not a time for you to put forth your arguments. That's not the purpose of this. This is just to see where you are at in the process, okay? And if protocol is being followed, sometimes when the status conference is um, scheduled and it's, you know, they go to status conference, the parties have already reached an agreement. And so that's kind of what the judge would like to see, but it doesn't really work out that way a lot of times because um, the opinions of the two sides, the plaintiff and the defendant, the debt collector and people like you and I, we're just light years apart, so. Anyways, um, so um, when the court schedules a status conference, there's very specific things that the court does want to know. So don't downplay the conference. It is a bad 
idea. I can't say that enough. The court wants um, a, br a brief description of the case. Um, they want to know what kind of impact um, that it has had on either party, um, including financial. They want to know, did the two parties meet and confer? Are they willing to go through ADR, alternative dispute resolution, which could be anything from binding or non-binding arbitration. It could be mediation. It could be settle, settlement conference. You know, there's, there's a, um, quite a few that you have to consider. And so that's why there's strategy behind um, really if you're going to use ADR or at least know what it is, you need to know how it can impact you. Okay. So the court requires that the status conference um, statement, i.e. the case management statement or initial conference statement, I use them synonymously. Um, the court requires that you submit your statement X amount of days before the hearing. Well, make sure you check your jurisdiction for the, um, the amount of time that you have to submit it before the hearing. But even if you're late, submit it anyway. Because if you remember in part one, I was 10 days late submitting my statement because I was at a funeral. And um, I still submitted it. But it, it's not a good look. Try to get it in on time. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, and then, you know, you can check out my drama in part one. So um, you can either do a joint statement with the debt collector or the plaintiff, or you can do your own statement. Okay. No to self. Do not do a joint statement under any circumstances. The debt collector, i.e. the plaintiff, does not have your best interest at heart. They are not your friend and they will paint the picture that they want the judge to see. Make them submit their own statement. There's no benefit for you to do a joint statement with them. I'm just saying. All right. Now let's get into these tips. Tip number three, dispute their claim. Create doubt. Even though this is not the time or the place to present your arguments to the judge, there's still a way that you can um, get your point across indirectly, okay? Because remember, everything you submit builds on the last piece of information that you provided, okay? So you want to stay consistent because you're creating a picture, giving the judge a perception. So you want to stay consistent with that, all right? No. So when the case management statement says, describe the case, okay, don't describe the case through the debt collector's eyes. Describe the case from your perception, okay? Paint the picture of the disputed claim. They're saying, oh, we're suing them because they owe us and this is it and this is what we're saying. And you're like, uh, yeah, no, I'm disputing this claim and you know I'm not acknowledging that. So don't imply that there's any accuracy or credibility to their lawsuit. This is not the time for that anyway. But in fact, seize the opportunity to create doubt. That's why you need to use it through your own perception. Tip number two, show how they have disadvantaged you. The reason for um, this is because it lends to the credibility of your argument. 
you are challenging their lawsuit and the burden of proof is on them. Okay. And many people, what? Downplay the status conference, but they are looking for very specific information on that form. The court would not ask for it if they had no intentions on using it or making a decision based on it. So don't downplay the status conference statement um, or the status conference in general. The status conference statement, a.k.a. case management statement, um, asks for you to provide a brief statement um, of the case, including any damages. It could be financial. Um, could be derogatories on your credit, unfair, um, unfair debt collection practices. These are ways that it has affected you. How did it impact you? But here's a tip. Focus on shedding light on their unethical debt collection practices and how it has impacted the claim for you. Okay. Because what that does is that puts them in violation of the fair debt collection practices. So again, we're painting the picture, right? You getting the picture? All right. Um, and when you do so, make sure that you don't call them plaintiff. I talk about this in the course because what happens is when you call them plaintiff, then they disassociate from the the perception is they get disassociated from their bad behavior, their bad business practices, their unethical behavior, their deceptions. So use their name, Midland Funding, blah, 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 LVNV, Portfolio Recovery, Midland Credit Management, Calvary SP, use their name. Okay. But in the same regard where you can, consider yourself defending, just defending. Unless it asks for your name, obviously, then you have to put your name. Okay, so now let's talk about this. Um, tip number one. The magic sauce is cooperation. <laughs> I know. In tip number three, you gave your perception of the case where you created doubt. Okay. Tip number two, you shined a light on their unethical business practices, alluding to how their bad behavior um, disadvantaged you from having a fair, you know, case. But tip number one is where you convince the judge to, um, and uh, <laughs> tip number one is where you convince the judge that you are actively I can't even talk today. <laughs> Let's do it again. Tip number one is where you convince the judge that you are actively available for what? Resolution. Ah, got through it. <laughs> so this is where you convince the judge that you are actively willing to um, bring resolution to the case. Okay. Um, remember when I said that the judge tries to get the case in trial within 12 months? Well, more often than not, that doesn't happen because there is a breakdown in the process. Um, like the debt collector started, um, didn't start discovery or um, there was no attempt at um, ADR, alternative dispute resolution. And here's the thing. You don't have to initiate any of that. That is not on you. That is on them. They filed the lawsuit. Okay. So 
Don't be hasty. Allow them, allow the judge to see their behavior. Okay. So what are some examples of um, cooperation? Well, when the statement asked me for my availability for trial, I put open availability. At the time, there was no trial schedule. So at the time, I was open. Okay. And when the statement asked if the parties are willing to participate in the ADR process, I selected one of the options and then marked that it had not yet been scheduled, which was true for me. It had not been scheduled. Okay. But it showed that I was willing, I was cooperating right now. Let me say this in capital letters and in bold. It would be in your best interest to gain access to that turnkey solution in the description box. I break down the ADR process, the alternatives, and the strategies on how to select the best option for the self-represented person. Don't miss that opportunity, okay? All right. So as far as cooperation goes, at no time did I appear to be contentious, difficult, or even emotional. I wasn't an emotional defendant. I painted the picture of being very level-headed, cooperative, I was being fair, you know. I I wasn't frantic. So that's not that's not the vibe that the judge was getting from me. Right? And when the debt collector was a no-show at my status conference, part two of the series, check it out. Um, when they were a no-show, the judge scheduled the next hearing date based on the information he read in my statement. I effectively influenced the judge's perception. They did not submit a statement. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. Do not downplay the status conference because that's your way to kind of maneuver your way and nuzzle your way into the judge's head. He's seeing things. Okay. They do things out of repetition because it's not personal for them. Make it personal and make it count. All right. If you found any value in these three tips, please subscribe and follow us and make sure you smash that like button. Leave me a comment. Um, also, thanks for hanging in there. I appreciate you so much hanging in there until the end. This is Terry Jordan Adams with Sued by the Debt Collector and I will check you on the next episode. Take care.